1: Hello and welcome back to the roto Best Ball Show on roto Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Connor O'Driscoll, who you can follow on Twitter at Drico Out, which is D-R-I-C-O-O-U-T. The push is on to get him to 1,000 followers over there before the start of the season, The feedback has been tremendous, Connor, for the shows that you've been on. We're going to talk more about your content that you've been posting up on rotavis.com. Today's specific topic is going to be around the running back dead zone and does it still exist because the dead zone is something that has come on a lot and much conversation around over the last couple of years, particularly being led by our own Ben Gretsch, obviously of the Stealing Bananas podcast and the great work that he does with Stealing Signals. But the running back dead zone is something that's very intriguing and it did feel like this year particularly with the half-point PPR formats as well over at Underdog Fantasy, that that could start to change a little bit. But this is going to be fun to dive into your,
2: your findings of your, your recent post up on rotaviz.com. Uh, yeah, th- th- thanks for having me on uh, again. Um, the, the, these are always a, a lot of fun to do. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. So when it comes to the running back dead zone, so I think that... It's really important to understand uh, the the reasonings for why why things come about, and some of the historical context of the running back dead zone. Like this isn't this isn't new news, but running backs were getting pushed up into the air, into the uh, into the high leverage rounds. It was always oh he's going to get the volume, and. I guess in today's in today's ADP, especially with underdog, you have wide receivers going earlier than ever before. And when it's it's like even in individual drafts, you want to be you want to be reacting to the draft that's there, you don't want you don't necessarily want to be taking the exact same strategy and just copy and paste into every draft, into every year and with uh with with the wide receivers going earlier the the win the flex tool is really it it, i guess to me is the best way to look at okay how how do the how do these new adps change and, and and what should we be doing to react differently and so the the win the flex tool it essentially is it's a measure of how much points does uh, different do different positions normally score by ADP, and so it it kind of it bakes in some of the wisdom of the crowd, like how how good is the market at knowing how much points will RB five score, and how much how does that compare to, for example, wide receiver five, and so when you when you do that, you kind of get you get how how good are each positional picks. In each round, how much, and and then you can also look at how much points does that actually add to your roster versus other positions. When you when you when you look at this tool, un- unfortunately, it's a bit of a sad day. Running backs for a lo- a lot of the un- on underdog specifically, a lot of the draft, the running backs actually now outproject wide receivers, and that's the uh, that's the happy PPR scoring and uh, and the the different ADP but on the uh, on the other side the big thing and i think this is like one of those simple things that often gets extremely overlooked is that you have to play three wide receivers and you only have to pay two, two running backs and that makes a big difference and when you look at the tool that difference is about 1.65 points per game and what that means is that because you need an additional wide receiver starter the hurdle for them to get into your lineup is 1.65 points uh, lower, and that's worth about 28 points over full season 17 games. And so you you have this uh, you have this dynamic where okay the running backs they kind of over out receivers in a lot of the drafts. That's that's not usual. That 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 that's something that we're going to have to adjust to. But on the other hand, you don't need quite as many points from each additional receiver because the threshold for them to get in is lower
1: you mentioned a few things there. i found you know very interesting something that i talked about earlier this season with sean siegel and wrote overtime was people are getting more information people are getting smarter with adps people are aware now of the dead zone something that maybe four or five years ago wasn't talked about as you know it wasn't as popular For sure and wasn't talked about in those circles and it wasn't on as many podcasts wasn't as many articles it's found the mainstream people understand the kind of some of the profiles off a dead zone running back and what you maybe should be avoiding that range you mentioned you know a, a guaranteed workload for a veteran running back maybe would be an example last year i keep going back to mike davis being the absolute king of the dead zone running backs when you look at the the profile there but there's a couple of things that have really caused this shift over on underdog and the thing is people are getting smarter with their drafting The third wide receiver that you have to have in there and also the half point ppr element so the adps are moving up for the wide receiver which then it is an adp game it's always an adp game the reason you don't want those running backs is because of the adp that they're sitting at if that adp becomes more palatable they also become more affordable and and more palatable i guess to uh, get on your roster so that combination of all those things and obviously people wanting to draft wide receivers (laughs) it's it's fun to draft wide receivers has made that very interesting we talked previously about the hyper fragile bills that's kind of why this fits in to that mold and if we look at you know the running backs taken by ADP and underdog from 2021 to 2022 it's like they're not dramatic drop-offs but they're they are drop-offs which are accumulated over an entire draft and the fact that it's lower across all rounds which isn't something that you know, you might have expected. So, I kind of thought that the popularity of wide receivers last year and people talking about zero RB maybe not being as effective in those formats that maybe that would have counteracted this year and it would have rebalanced itself. But obviously, Peter Oberset had a fantastic finish, it. You know, there was a couple of other really strong finishes in it with zero RB teams or hero RB teams, and that there has led then to this year approaching. It's going to be interesting from this point forward if when maybe more casual drafters come in that there starts to rebalance itself again but what were some of the other things then when we look into the dead zone that you think are the the key takeaways you mentioned the the sad day with the running backs being more you know valuable i guess at those points in the drafts and wide receivers but that is also information that we can use to our advantage in these drafts
2: right and and so it's kind of you, you need to tread the needle a little bit because like i said there, there are lots of points where running backs do outproject, project but then you also you need less points from your receivers too so you still you still want the the, the the receivers that you like you just have to i guess adjust slightly and one thing that i think is really notable is that from let's say from the end of the sorry from the one two turn roughly speaking maybe the, the middle of the first round, to all the way through the end of the third, the the win the flex tool actually has them project wide receivers and running backs projected very, very closely. And so the tool doesn't know who wide receiver seven is. They just know that oh this is how good the market is at knowing how how well will YR7 score. And so to me that means that okay so there is a there is some I guess some difference here but if you can get the same projected player and they're going to actually add more points to your lineup because of the extra uh, um starting spot that that is a place that you're going to want wide receivers right
1: so really when we look at it just to go back to the win the flex tool again and for people who aren't familiar with the tools on rotavis.com i would highly recommend jumping in getting involved with them the win the flex tool is one of the I think one of the most advantageous tools that is over there, but we cover a wide range specifically in basketball, but you can find all those on rotoviz.com. But always with rotoviz, it's going to be visual. Rotoviz gives you a little bit of an idea into that. But when we see the two lines and where they kind of cross over, I guess we'll say very, very flat when it comes to round one through three, as you mentioned. But when we get into those middle rounds, then it does spike a little bit um, and favor off the running backs. But the other part of that that we have to consider is – the additional parts of the actual structure of your roster
2: right and i think on the tool so we we do have lots of good um articles oh hey this is how we use the tools and and i think that's really good but a a big part is actually being able to oh let me see that this is how he this is how they use it let me have a look at this what what do i see and i think that uh, that that's really cool so yeah, you, you mentioned that uh that they do start to kind of like drift a little bit apart from each other uh, in the fourth round that the running backs do start to outproject the wide receivers. And so like there's a there's a part where hey, that's kind of it's a little bit okay because like I said, the hurdle for the wide receivers is lower. But what it means in particular is that if you're talking about the dead zone. Well, you're in the fourth round, and to me, that's not that's not a dead zone, right? The uh, the running backs don't out they they outproject the receiver. What are you talking about the dead zone? I'm taking I'm getting more points, and so especially on underdog, I think it's kind of like it's shorter, and then also unfortunately, the opportunity cost even e- even when you're in the quote unquote dead zone, the opportunity cost is so much lower than it was before, if if you look at how this looked, used to look historically and you're looking at in the fourth round wide receiver and then running back you're talking about like a 50 point difference like 50 points whereas now even, even on FFPC, and i should mention FFPC, the the shape of the dead zone look kind of similar like second round third round through the sixth but you're it only gets as deep as 30 points and for most of it it's 20 points
1: When we look at the players in the dead zone, so this year, technically, we could be sending that, like, Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne. Etienne has moved up a little bit in ADP, but there was a little period there, you know, a month ago where Saquon Barkley was in it. Like, the profile of the players has changed dramatically as to who is in the dead zone. So some of the guys that we – I mentioned Mike Davis earlier. For example, I think people have kind of smartened up this year. He would probably be, you know, 10th, 11th round, whereas previously he would be, you know, sixth seventh round and and that i think has also factored into this as players become smarter and who they are targeting you're tar- like and if you are drafting a running back in the dead zone it should be one of those young players who is ascending who has the profile to become you know an elite pass catching running back with the running back element the other players that are sliding into that when we look through it are potentially maybe a cam makers ezekiel elliott players who are veterans who there is some question marks whether it's injuries or maybe deterioration so It's much more interesting. You mentioned it kind of getting a little bit more compressed, I guess would be the word I would think of it as a a smaller zone. And I think just there's a number of the combinations we've touched on already the smarter draft and the ADPs. Again, this is why we will touch on the FFPC in a second, but so important to know what the options are for your starting lineups for the scoring settings as to how you um, make this applicable, because I think it's still a bigger advantage probably on the FFPC format. But was there any other key takeaways other than what we've mentioned so far on the underdog side that you wanted to head on before we jump into the FFPC side of things?
2: No, I I do
1: think we've covered the uh the underdog. So a brief uh, a brief summary on that is kind of the the evolution continues. Um the information that we are discussing here will be linked in the show notes of today's show so you can check out Connor's article directly. We are talking through obviously the visualizations. We will also have information in the article so i would recommend to check those out but it's like everything people sometimes think that when we're drafting zero rb teams that we are like set in our ways every draft zero rb we're not changing anything we think about and i think through this series that you have done on the website we've talked through on the podcast again it shows there's multiple strategies usually three for us in terms of what we're looking at you know zero rb a form of modified or hero rb and then obviously hyper fragile and then there is all the other information that we're taking in and it's not about being stubborn and saying it has to be this every single time and i think that's what people miss out when we talk about zero rb is that it's not every single time but we know the way to work the draft and to use that information we should always be open to new information like connor is sharing with us here we could just bury our head in the sand and say last year it was this round this year it's these rounds it's gonna be the same rounds every single year for the next 10 years but that's not what we do and that's not what we're (laughs) going to try and win our leagues with so really good information so far there on the underdog side of things i mentioned it being a little bit different over at the ffpc and it's fun to you know jump in from draft room to draft room and see the different effects of how the adps are playing out in the different formats so what are some of your key takeaways on the, the dead zone over at the ffpc drafts
2: so the uh, i think there is there is a, a bit of an adp impact versus like let's say 2 years ago 3 years ago for FFPC. but if you look at how they pro- how these different wide receivers and running backs project, the wide receivers are still like well ahead of the running backs. But the big difference with the FFPC and you mentioned them um, different settings is that you only have to start two running backs. You only have to start two wide receivers. So in in theory, that gives you the uh, the opportunity to flex more running backs, and that does push up their value relative to. A different lineup set,
1: and, and obviously for people who maybe haven't played with the ffpc what we're meaning there is it is two two you have to have two running backs have to have two wide receivers we talked a minute ago about having to have the three wide receivers over at underdog but it also means that you can have four wide receivers in your lineup and, and only have two running backs so that's usually the approach we take where we're going with two running backs loading up on wide receivers and the elite tight end as well to get in there you can also if you've depending on how the week played out in the basketball formats over there you can flex a tight end so you can have two tight ends in your lineup as well depending on how things work out that week and it is also tight end premium which gives a boost to their value so there's a number of different things playing into it but just like we're saying let's get our wide receivers in the flex and we're trying to hammer those wide receivers and get them in our lineups early there is other people drafting who thinking in the opposite approach let's get those running backs early which is pulling them up so they can have a four running back two wide receiver team and that's what makes the dynamics so intriguing there as well so fun to do the mental aspects when you're in these drafts of you know where players should go and how we rank them and how we value them so yeah just some of the differences between the two leagues and obviously the full point ppr giving a a boost there to both pass catch and running backs and particularly wide receivers
2: And, and and you mentioned them wanting to play yeah wide receivers on ffbc and i think i think it is important to note that hey we're not just doing that because we just love wide receivers and and like you said we're going to bury your head in the sands no the the wide receivers at adp and uh, versus running back they completely out project them like there's a, a, a big out projection at basically every point in the draft and so really
1: outside of the first two rounds every single all right period. yeah yeah by, so by, outside, by quite a considerable of- point
2: this first six picks. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor.
2: <laughs> right. You're right.
1: But that's where the hero RB option comes in is to get your running back in the first two rounds and then to focus on wide receiver throughout those other rounds and throughout the dead zone.
2: And uh, like I mentioned before, particularly true, let's say, the the, the middle of, of the second round, true uh, six, the, the sixth round, that, that point difference is about 20 to 30 points. And so to me, that's the kind of like that's the point in the draft where if you want to take a running back, you're giving up the most uh you're giving up the most in opportunity costs. And and I, I think that that's important. You don't you do you don't want to be shedding points in your roster. But on the other hand, that is that's way lower than before. Like if, if you want it. And, and and I know you, you guys talk about uh pick making picks out of structure all the time if you want to do that the opportunity cost for that is, is basically lower than it ever has been and you don't need to i guess beat yourself up if it happens and um, and you can probably take maybe one additional uh detour than you normally do but you used st- that that is the zone where you really do want to be still loading up on wide receivers on ffbc where it still exists whereas underdog it gives you kind of like a choice to be more dynamic after the first three rounds.
1: Yeah, and again, it all comes back to obviously knowing how the draft may play out. I talk a lot about drafting from back to front to know what players are going to be available at those spots. And if you take a player here, the knock-on effect, even when you get to the 18th, 19th, 20th round, I find in some of the drafts where I've gone hyper fragile early i'm like these running backs in the last three rounds like (laughs) i want to get those guys on my roster but i'm like we're topped out already with the the guys we've got but even for the nuanced side of like scoring settings you know there's underdogs pretty standard unless it's a super flex format as to your starting requirements in those leagues but the ffpc super flex tournament that is on at the moment as well i'm drafting a lot of teams in that but it's interesting sometimes when you have a super flex team it's an extra roster spot so your scoring throughout doesn't really change interesting in that that one of those flex positions that i talked about does become a quarterback spot if the quarterback is in the lineup so then you're down to three wide receivers so it makes those wide receivers a little bit less valuable and then that makes the running backs more valuable so again it's about balancing it all out and then the key part of the one the flex tool is it's going to show you what happens basically versus the adp and the scoring projection so really good work from connor on this piece again will be linked in today's show notes connor anything that you want to summarize or throw in that we we just need to to re-emphasize
2: i'm not the running back guy i've not been gotten to by big running back
1: <laughs> I, I don't believe this it's a, 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 everyone believes connor that you have been got to you are the running back guy
2: i refuse i refuse it, it's not true i'm simply i'm simply doing the analysis i'm trying to present the information to the people And I don't deserve this persecution.
1: And and you can't get the analysis to fit the wide receivers conversation that we want to have. But again, that comes back to what I said earlier. We are looking for the information to help us win leagues. Connor won the FFPC basketball tournament last year. My team was Sean Siegel, Blair Andrews came in second place. We're looking to win these tournaments. We're using this information to try and win the tournaments. You know, the big thing, I think, with what we do, I'm not saying other places don't do it. But you can hear us drafting. Me and Connor are going to draft after we record this one. And that one will be coming out for you to listen to. And when we talk through the players that we are drafting, you're hearing the guys we're drafting, you're hearing our strategies. We are very transparent in this process. It's not like we're saying, yeah, do this and then we do something else. Even though that seems like what Connor has done with the running back position and <laughs> all, all joking aside, but um yeah, fun, fun information, really valuable. You know, I think that if you're not looking into what Connor's doing in the basketball space, you are missing out. So once again, that will be linked in today's show notes. Connor is on Twitter. I thought the big takeaway you were going to give there for everyone that they really need to make sure they're doing is to be following Connor on Twitter. We want to get him to a thousand before week one of the season. It is at Draco Out, it is D R I C O O U T. Give him a follow over there. Check out all the information he has got coming your way because the the articles are must read. Once again, that article up on rotobiz.com is Does the Running Back Dead Zone still exist? And he compares it both for Underdog and the FFPC. So check that out over there. Connor, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. And of course, until we are back with another episode, have a good one.